Good afternoon and welcome back to another edition of Culper's Canteen Cup. Really appreciate those who listen to our inaugural episode. And hey, during or after the podcast, you can feel free to stop by Anchor at Culper's Canteen Cup. Click on message. You can drop us a question or a comment. If we get it while we're on the air, we'll go ahead and uh, read it. And if not, we'll try and we'll, you'll get it included in, uh, in our next podcast. We'll try and recap it for you like we're going to do today. If you you have it you can find us on most of the popular podcast apps so head over to spotify soundcloud or stitcher to name a few and uh, and listen do us a favor take a minute to rate review and subscribe you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at culper's canteen cup obviously hashtag for uh for twitter and instagram so swing on by drop us a message and uh and let us know what you think we uh we definitely appreciate your feedback Hey, one more uh, quick note before we get started. One of the things we want to do here and on our social media pages right now is advertise small businesses. Uh, you know, we're really looking for veteran-owned businesses, uh, but it's absolutely not a requirement. We know that the small businesses are really taking the brunt of the uh, of the COVID nineteen quarantine and uh, and pandemic right now. And regardless of you know your veterans, we really want to help you out because small businesses are what keep the country running and uh, and what keep our communities unique, you know, as, as they are. So. Feel free to uh, to reach out to us if you want us to plug you. We're more than happy to do it. All right. So this is Luke, and uh, we had a good time recording that podcast. I think uh, Roger actually had a better time uh, editing it and putting everything together. So thanks, thanks Roger, for that. Uh, we were kind of worried about the sound quality, and we, we still are. We're still uh, figuring out a way to work with that. So everybody just be patient with us while we figure that out. Um, but some of the feedback we've gotten so far is, well, the sound quality was okay. Uh, uh, local artist down in San Antonio, Texas, he's, uh, he's, I don't know, somewhat pretty successful. He said, you know, the sound quality to him made it seem like it was more authentic. So, but we'll continue to work on it. Um, we'll continue to keep going. We've gotten some positive feedback about the last, uh, podcast subject, which is about Captain Crozier, him being relieved. And, um, you know, it's surprising to me that people said, you know, hey, I didn't know some of those facts that, you know, Josh and Roger were were laying down. And it, you know, good, good positive feedback. Now, what we need, you know, feel free to reach out to any of us, uh, either on Twitter, Facebook, or even the Facebook Messenger, if you know us personally, and let us know what you'd like to talk about and any specific questions you have. We'll be definitely happy to entertain those. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it went, went pretty well. Guys, I really do. And uh, I'm going to kick it over to Roger and uh, see what he has to say. Yeah, yeah. good afternoon. And thanks to uh, both the listeners that uh, listen to our podcast. And hopefully at least <laughs> one of you are hanging around for, for this episode. So greatly appreciated. Um, you know, I think Luke, uh, you know, he's mentioned this before with, with a previous project. It's uh, the most valuable thing you can ask or, or get from someone is their time. So, you know, we understand that the podcast is an hour long. Uh, the last one was, and, and the fact that, that our folks, our family, our friends actually spent an hour uh, listening to us ramble, uh, it's, extremely, uh, it's extremely humbling. With that being said, uh, you know, obviously uh, the last episode talked about Captain Crozier, like Luke mentioned, uh, and I kind of want to hit on something because he caught a little bit of flack. So I want to give Luke uh, a chance to kind of respond and, and, and expound on a little bit when he made a comment, uh, taking care of soldiers. Uh, so Luke, let me kick it back to you. Uh, I know you've got a little bit of flack from, uh, some future and upcoming incoming soldiers, sailors, airmen, whatever. Uh, so you want to, uh, kind of expound what you meant by taking care of soldiers and, and, and break that down for them. Yeah, you bet. I, it was, it was one comment I made and, uh, there's a friend of mine, the former air force, uh, 
Air Force enlisted guy, he he immediately uh, messaged me to kind of jab at me a little bit and say, taking care of soldiers, I guess. And I was like, okay, go ahead and listen to the rest of the podcast because later on, I hope we didn't lose any listeners for that. But uh, later on, I kind of explained myself and I think both you guys agreed that the main focus in my mind of taking care of soldiers and making sure they're not in jail and making sure they have uh, healthy home lives and, you know, they, they wash their ass is so that they can fight so that they can accomplish the mission. So, you know, I, I always called myself, I was, I was a non-commissioned officer. I always called myself a horrible NCO because my most important uh, mission for taking care of soldiers was making sure they knew their job. Number one, after that, it's like, okay, well, everything else will take care of itself because if you show up to formation, you can't do your job because you're out drinking the night before. Well, then we need to address the drinking, you know, that it, it was along that line. So yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think I did take care of soldiers, but only so that they could accomplish their mission, not because I loved them so much, to be honest with you. So, and, and it goes back to the old motto, you know, uh, mission first, soldiers always. And, and I'll tell you this, for those that are out there in the commercial sector and, and either own businesses or what have you, and don't get me wrong, all right? I mean, there is a, uh, you know, there, there's a human aspect to this where obviously I want my soldiers to do well. I, I, you know, I care about their health and welfare. And, but I tell you, it's, it's no different in the commercial world where, you know, you offer these benefits. Why are benefits offered to employees? You know, you're, you're offering benefits so they stay and work harder for the company. You offer health care so they can go see the doc so they don't miss six weeks' worth of work. So I get it. There's a basic uh, you know, humanitarian side that we obviously all care about our brothers and sisters. But, hey, let's not lose sight of the goal here. It is mission first, you know, soldiers always. You take care of your soldiers. You train them. You prepare them uh, to accomplish the mission. And that kind of dovetails into this, and I'll kick it over to Josh and get some of his thoughts. So I don't know if you guys are tracking the uh, acting secretary of the Navy, Thomas Modley, and uh, – he basically came out, and, and I don't know the form that this was done in. Uh, there was a, a leaked recording, and I don't even know if it was actually leaked as opposed to that he released it. He released the uh, a tirade that he went on. But he basically said uh, Captain Crozier was too naive or too stupid to be the commanding officer of a ship like this if he thought the contents of his letter wouldn't become public. The alternative is that he did it on purpose, Modley said, according to the recording. And that's a serious violation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Uh, you know, which those in the military, it's, you know, we're familiar with it. Those that aren't, it's the rules that we have to follow. Modley called Crozier's letter a betrayal. He accused the captain of considering the media, which he claimed is trying to embarrass the service as part of his chain of command. There is no, no situation where you go to the media because the media has an agenda. And he kind of goes on to that. And he goes, hey, I understand you love the guy, referring to the Facebook video. Um, it's good that you love him, but you're not required to love him. Right. You're required to serve and you're required to to, you know, follow orders. So in response to that, he gave another statement to Politico. The spoken words were from the heart and meant for them. I stand by every word I said, even regrettably in profanity that may have been used for emphasis. And then he says, hey, as far as profanity, they're in the Navy. They're sailors. They get it. So I don't know anything about Modley. Um, I don't know what his you know, what his past is or whatever. But I tell you what, I love his comment. I love the fact that he came back to Politico and said, no, I absolutely stand by every word that, that I said, because guess what, guys, gals? This is the United States military. You know, this isn't Walmart. This isn't, uh, you know, some commercial company, you know, for-profit company. This is the U.S. military, uh, you know, as we mentioned last time, you know, to you know, deter war and if that fails, to win. So, Josh, let me kick it back to you. Uh, you know, you tracking this Modley guy, any of his statements, know anything about him? 
So I just saw the statement briefly um, before I hopped on here. And I, I like I, I don't know how I got out there, right? So I, I think if he I think if he intentionally released it, right? I I, I see both sides. I don't think it, it's it's helpful and it's not helpful. Um, you know, if he intentionally released it, uh, as far as his his comments go, like I don't disagree at all, you know, with his comments. You know, and going back to to Captain Crozier, he 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 was obviously a smart guy, right? He was obviously a smart individual. You do not attain. You know the the command of an aircraft uh, of a nuclear powered aircraft carrier, a nuclear powered national asset, the United States uh, military, by being dumb, right? And so, and we've all been there, right? We have all sat there, you know, on on Outlook and got ready to hit send on an email, right? We knew, hey, this is uh, this this is going to get me called to the carpet, right? And it's going to go one of two ways, right? Either I'm going to get promoted or I'm going to get fired. We've all been there. I, I And I personally have hit send on both of those types of emails, right? Where people are like, yeah, you're right, you're good. And then, hey, you know, within five minutes, hey, the boss wants to see you. And you walk in there and it's like, hey, don't sit down and uh, and shut the door, right? So we, we, we have all been there. <laughs> in, probably in why situations. we're both retired right now. So that's right, exactly. piece of it. Exactly. Um, you know, going back to the soldier piece, right? Taking care of soldiers. I, 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 I don't know. You know, it, taking care of soldiers. There, there seems to be this this mentality now, and I don't know if it's you know if it's coming in and it's kind of you know it kind of permeating the military uh, with the younger generation of leadership. Um, but there, there, there seems to be like taking care of soldiers and whether those, you know, sailors or whatever. I, I say soldiers. I mean, you know, the, those young mil- members of the military, regardless of service, taking care of them doesn't mean letting them go every day at 1400. Right. Taking care of them doesn't mean giving them hugs all the time. Sometimes taking care of them means keeping them late. Sometimes taking care of them means training hard. Sometimes taking care of them. It's treating them like an adult because that's what they are. You are 18 years or older when you put on that uniform and join, and that's how you should be treated. You should be treated as an adult. Um, I, I think good leaders get the job done and take care of their people. I think the great leaders and the great leaders that I saw, they took care of their people while getting the job done. Right. Those are not they're not mutually exclusive things. You can do both at the same time. And I don't understand that people are like, well, do you get the job done or do you get your people done? If you get your people, if you take care of your people, your people will get the job done for you. You don't have to worry about the mission, because if you take care of your people, you know, it doesn't mean you got to, you know, give them hugs every morning when they show up. If you make sure they know their job. And they make you make sure they knew what they are supposed to do. People are amazing. If you treat them like an adult and you empower them, they'll get the job done for you, and you don't have to worry about the job. But uh, you know, my guidance uh, to all the junior listed that I got to interact with, you know, as I, as I got up into the the more senior ranks, was remember two things: take care of your folks; they'll get the job done for you, and don't ever, ever, ever worry about your fucking report card, right? If you get the job done and you take care of your people, that shit will take care of itself. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, you got to check this block. You got to check that block. That's all bullshit, right? 
It was like, oh, I got to follow the career development model. I threw the fucking career development model out a long, like early into my career, and I I did it my way, right? And I think I was, I mean, I was, I think I was somewhat successful with it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm all fucked up. I don't know. Like, you know, so, so I'm sure some sorry majors have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was about to say. I was about to say. Right. Depends <laughs> on your perspective. So I want to take this to to the broader topic, and I think this was really the the subject of of this podcast. So it all stems around COVID-19, coronavirus, all of the good stuff, and how easily uh, people are fine with just, you know, the, the stay-at-home orders, right? And so I wanted – and I, I get it. We're not, you know, constitutional lawyers, so I don't need any dickheads out there like, hey, you're wrong because my eight years of law school says this and that. I'm just looking at common sense, which I think, you know, part of, you know, the mission of our podcast is like, hey, we just want to apply some common sense to the, some of this stuff and, and we discuss it and say, hey, maybe you can help me understand – you know, a, a different perspective on this or whatever. But I would tell you this. So it, it has already started. And I think we mentioned it on the last podcast. So Dr. Marty uh, McCary from Johns Hopkins, okay, he's a professor, said San Francisco only had eight deaths. Uh, and, and I think that was like last uh, the last 24 hours or whatever, which was a significant decline in, in whatever their, their reported numbers were. His next comment, shelter in place earlier. Right. So you are already starting to see it. And we said this last episode. So now it is already started with, well, hey, if we would have sheltered in place earlier, it only been four deaths. Oh, and by the way, as soon as this thing came out of China, um, and, and I guess this would have been after they called the president a racist for, for, you know, the travel restrictions. But if we would just, you know, locked everybody down there, we would have had zero deaths. So, you know, you're already starting to see that in place for the next pandemic. But it kind of takes me to the government telling folks that you can't leave. I mean, Luke, what's your thought on like what's the constitutionality of that? I mean, can they legally do that? You know, is it because uh, right now everybody's in this? Well, I don't want to be the guy to get anybody killed, right? So everybody's got to be seen, you know, be seen doing something. I'm not going to, you know, make anything lax or or anything like that because somebody dies, it's on my hands. So, what's your thought as far as the, the legality of, of these orders? Well, my eight years of law school uh, was. <laughs> You put me on the spot like that. The the legality of uh, are we talking about the the federal government, the state government, city government? Yes, everything. We're talking that's about it all. Broad topic, but uh, yeah, that's that's a totally different topic. I, um, I I tend to like the legalities. I want to get into that because I, I I'm out of my depth on the legalities. To me, it it doesn't smell right. But this the shelter in place thing. I don't know how that's being enforced on a federal level. I, I, you know, I have a few friends again. You guys, we've been talking about what it looks like back there. But Michelle, my wife, she's back in the states now, and she's out cruising around picking up uh, prescriptions for her mom and like picking up some necessities from the house. And she's like, "You can go anywhere. You can do anything." You know, and this is like the North Dallas area. So I, I, you know, federally, I don't. I, obviously, I don't think they're support. They're uh, enforcing that federally. What I have more of a problem with, and I, I kind of have a uh, not not necessarily a struggle in my mind, but the, the the tough question is the businesses, the tattoo parlor, the, uh, you know, and I know I'm deflecting your question a little bit, but I'm more concerned with businesses either being forced to close or you know cops coming in and. Uh, you know, forcibly removing people from businesses and, you know, shuttering the doors. That's, that's my concern. And I think in my opinion, it's pretty clear cut, uh, 
I, I don't think that that is a hundred. I think if that's challenging the Supreme court, uh, they have a pretty good chance of, uh, of winning the, uh, the, uh, plaintiff anyway. So I did, uh, give you a little bit of background. I should have loaded you this first, you know, to kind of put you on the spot without it. So did just, you know, some quick gurgling. And, uh, in 1905, there actually was a Supreme court case, uh, Jacobson v Massachusetts. So at that time, and, and I'm not a big history buff of the smallpox and this and that, but you know, we obviously had a, an outbreak going on and, and there was this, uh, I guess, you know, Jacobson's like, Hey man, I shouldn't have to take vaccines and basically do whatever the hell I want to do. Right. So they go to court, uh, and they were basically arguing uh, the 14th amendment. So equal protection, you know, yada, 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 the rest of the constitution. This is what the Supreme court said. And, and, and granted this is 1905, but it is a little bit scary. So I'll read it. And then, uh, Josh kind of give me you know, some of your input on it, but so they came out with, uh, one, he lost the case, all right? They said, basically, you're taking it. We can force you to take it. It's going to happen. The liberty secured by the 14th Amendment consists, in part, in the right of a person to live and work where he will, but in every well-ordered society, the rights of the individual in respect of his liberty may at times, under the pressure of great dangers, be subjected to such restraint to be enforced by reasonable regulations as the safety of the general public may demand. So it's a, one, I think it's a, a huge run on sentence, but uh, if you can get through all of the commas and everything. Uh, so they're basically saying, you know, hey, if uh, the kind of public, you know, if this is for public safety, we can kind of do what we want to do. Yeah, right. So there's a lot to unpack there. And again, I'm not a, I'm not a constitutional law scholar, but right. So define my, my first question would be, how do they define reasonable? What is reasonable? Right. Me shutting down me shutting down my business, me me being forced to shut down my business, which provides for my personal livelihood and that of my family. Is that reasonable? I mean, honestly, I I mean, that's a legit question. And, and, you know, most laws, especially in, you know, in in today's age, they fall into really two two categories, um, you know, that that I that, that I look at is do do they actually do good or do they feel good? Right. And so let's take it back to, you know, the CDC, you know, four or five months ago was, Hey, you know what? You don't need, um, you know, Hey, you don't need a face covering. Most of your masks, they don't work. They're not going to stop you from getting, or, you know, um, transmitting COVID-19. Um, you know, so that unless it's an N95 mask or so, or unless it's, you know, it's an actual like respirator, Hey, you're, you know, you're, you're not, it's not going to work. And, you know, what do we have, you know, just within the last 48 hours was, Hey, whatever you can strap across your face and look like Bane, it's going to help you. Right. And you're like, well, hold up. Like you just told me that, you know, five months ago, you were like, dude, you're wasting your time. It's not going to help. So why are you telling me this now? Right. So is this a do good or is this a feel good? To me, this is a feel-good thing, right? And so when people are like, well, let's make everybody stay home, you know, let's make everybody stay home, you know, to stop this, is that a, a do-good or is that a feel-good? I don't know. Everybody talks about flattening the curve, and I don't think what people are – what people are not talking about is at the end of the day, COVID, COVID-19 is going to go away, right? It may be replaced by COVID-20 and 21, whatever, but it's going to go away eventually, the question is, is this the actions that are being taken on every level, whether it be the federal level, the counties, you know, state, state, whatever, 
is the rules that they are putting into place now, is it going to make it easier for our essential rights, our inalienable rights, to be dismissed tomorrow? And and that is what people are not thinking about. People are, oh, you know, it, it's like us versus China. People, you know, Americans think in four year, four year, uh, you know, segments. China is working on they're, they're working a 50 year plan. They're working a 100 year plan. Americans think till the, they are in a we are in an election based society. We are in an election cycle based society. Every four years, that's when people, you know, that, that that's how far they project out. Our adversaries, our adversaries don't give a shit about what's going to happen in the next four years. They're looking at the next 50 years. They are very much in the long game, right? And Twitter and all these other platforms have based, made people, they, they, they're 240 characters deep. That's their fucking thought process. That's your average American. That's your average American going to the poll and being like, well, I didn't know that so-and-so thought this way on abortion. Really? You didn't? You didn't research your you didn't research your candidate before you voted for him? No, because you're you're a stupid motherfucker. That's why, right? <laughs> so it just people are literally like they are giving the government at whatever level they are giving up their essential unalienable rights for some bit of perceived safety. And so you yeah. think you strap in my my white tube sock onto my face now? People are like, "Oh no, you can't you can't come into work unless you have a, you know, just whatever face mask on." Okay, dude, I'll show up looking like fucking Zorro. They ain't going to stop you from getting the COVID. They ain't going to stop me from giving it to you or me getting it from you. But you think it's going to help, so you're willing to trample on everybody else's fucking rights cuz you think it's going to give you a some modicum of fucking safety. God, God, it drives me nuts. And along those lines, so there are eight states, right? And and go figure. So there are eight states that uh, do not have a stay-at-home order. Uh, and as of, I think it was this morning, I was looking this up. So uh, you can guess which side of the aisle they're on. Uh, and I'll go ahead and tell you, you know, it's all GOP-controlled states. But North Dakota, South Carolina, Utah, Arkansas, Wyoming, Iowa, Nebraska, and Florida. Uh, and they have all looked at the Hey, there's going to be a big problem here, right? You have the, the public safety and this and that, but again, are, are we making it better? But there's also the you know the economy, right? How do you come out of this? Because I tell you, uh, you know, we heard from a buddy not too long ago, but it's how hard is it going to be to get folks back in the workforce, right? I mean, people get used to staying home, and you're getting these paychecks, and right now everybody sucks, right? So I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm still making my house payment. I don't know if I'm the only one on my block that's still making the house payment. Uh, I think so. But, uh, you know, everybody's in the same sucky boat. So it's like, yeah, you know what? Don't really have to make any payments. I can just stay at home. Uh, you know, I kind of dig hanging out in my backyard and this and that. So when this is all over with and you go two, three, four weeks down the road, you know, how hard is it going to be to get folks back in the workforce? Or do they just say, hey, you know, I kind of like hanging out here at the house. And, you know, they're already talking about what stimulus two, three and four now. Right. I, I think. Uh, um Kudlow was talking about, uh, you know, you had the old World War, you know, World War II bonds and this and that. They're talking about bringing out a 50-year COVID bond now. You know, I saw that. Yeah. So it's it, it, sanity. So then it brings me to, and I throw this to you, Luke. I've kind of gone round and round about this. So when I when I first, you know, all of the stuff first came out, I was like, you know what? This is a democratic ploy, right? Because I think, and Luke, we've had, uh, between the three of us and Josh, we've had multiple conversations over, you know, hey, what are the chances the Democrats are winning this election? You know, it's hard to be an incumbent. They've got all the financial backing. You've got the infrastructure. Uh, this is a this is an election that, you know, I think in our opinion that the Democrats don't want to win, right? The 
the numbers were great, uh, the economy was great. So it's like, do you really want to be the guy to come in and fuck this up? Or the guy to come in and fuck the system up, right? Because then you'll never win another election. So it's like, hey, let's throw out a, a, a you know strong candidate. Let's let's have a good run at it, but well, let's not win this thing. And so then I thought initially when all of this coronavirus came out, I'm like, wow. So this is Pelosi, this is Schumer, this is the left side of the aisle saying, hey, we can actually, and I shouldn't say tank the economy um, because you know I don't know if they you know are directly hoping that the economy tanks, but. I think, Luke, you said it last uh, last episode where, hey, let's take advantage of the situation, right? Let's take advantage of the crisis and we keep it in the media. Economy's going down, numbers, you know, through the roof as far as unemployment. But then as I start thinking, and I think in the last couple of days, when was the last time you've seen Joe Biden? When was the last time you've seen Bernie Sanders? I mean, it's been like a month before. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if Bernie's still alive, right? But President Trump's out there every single day, and I think he's even doing it Saturdays and Sundays, where this guy has got two hours of airtime every single day. So now it makes me wonder, and I want to get your thought on it, is the GOP saying, hey, let's kind of keep this thing in the media for a little while because we're really sucking all the air out of the, uh, you know, the, the Democratic candidates. Uh, and if we run this thing for a couple months, I mean, he will be impossible to beat. Yeah, I think all this reminds me of a – a wise quote, actually, uh, before I get into my response, I'd just like to share the quote with the audience and with you guys. Um, it kind of applies to this and everything we've been talking about so far. So I'll just start it out. We cannot let this. We've never allowed any crisis from the Civil War straight through the pandemic of 17 all the way around 16. We have never, never let our democracy sakes second fiddle way they we can both have a democracy and correct the public health. Inspiring. Very inspiring. That's your boy, Joe Biden. That's that. that was, those are his words. It's just it's it's unbelievable to me that, you know, 38 million people who how many ever are going to vote for this guy with the nonsense words every time he makes an appearance, he is awful, just awful. And, you know, we. I will answer your question. I'm, I'm coming around to it. I said a long time ago, I think that they're actually trying to lose. They're trying to hedge their bets and maybe uh, hold on to the House, um, you know, may, you know, limit their losses in the Senate. So let's just put Joe Biden up there and whatever. But as far as a ploy, I, I don't know. I, I, it, I think both sides are trying to take advantage of it as they can. Uh, things are changing so rapidly. You know, the regional security officer up here said something a couple weeks ago is, is pretty good. He's like, we are blowing through decision points so fast right now because the situation is moving so quick, so rapidly that, you know, we reach a decision point and we're already three steps beyond that, you know, toward, down toward the next one. So we have no idea. So I think maybe if I'm in the DNC, I'm just like, let Trump get up there, uh, let the media do their thing. Uh, belittle him, ridicule him. He'll step on it. He'll make a tweet and it'll make him look bad. So we're not actually being hurt right here by him being up there. We wanted to lose anyway. Um, but the purpose is not purposely taking the economy. I don't know about, I don't know. Um, Cause everyone hurts with that one. It's just, it's I, honestly, if I had to like bet my life on it, I think nobody knows what the hell they're doing right now. Nobody in the, in the political sphere, uh, talking about doing a DNC, you know, over Skype like this. It's just, 
I, I don't know, man. I think that that the DNC is kind of waiting in the wings and being like, okay, let's let's let this calm down, and then you know before we can take a thought. And I think Trump is just grabbing it, like, hey, the the more uh, mic time I can get, the better. But uh, you know, I posted something last night on Facebook, and it's just like I don't understand. You know, I maybe I'm gonna get the get the treatment from you guys on this, but I listened to you know the Queen of England. I listened to her speech. And it was actually really good. And it's like these paid speech writers, these think tanks get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to write speeches, to give advice. Couldn't you just give something like that to the president? Just something similar, you know, that he can just get up there and say motivational. I don't understand. You know, and I, I voted for Trump, whatever. I'm a GOP. Guy. I don't think that's any any uh, any secret. But. Honestly, man, I'm having a hard time figuring out the leadership on this. Now, that was a really shitty job of answering your question, Roger. I'm sorry. But let me kick that back to you and back to either one of you guys. And just what do you think about like the overall leadership? Josh is raising his hand. Go ahead. You <laughs> know, you're absolutely right. Like, I, you know, again, like I voted for Trump. I'm a I am a conservative. Um I dislike the majority of career politicians on both sides of the aisle. I think we should there should be you know term limits instituted uh, in, in, in Congress. Um, but there, there hasn't been like there has not been one steady voice, one steady hand out there guiding us through this. It has been very decentralized. It has been. It just it, like there has not been a, a, a common thing, right? And so we were talking about it a little bit, you know, uh, offline on this. You know, it's like every state's kind of doing their own thing, and and, and that's good, right? So I, I am very much a, a constitutionalist, right? I think states should have more power than the federal government. I think there should be a smaller federal government, um, and I think states should be able to make decisions for themselves. And so I'm okay with the states that have a quarantine, right? So. Some people were talking about Wyoming and Montana, um, you know, not uh, instituting stay-at-home laws. And you look at, you know, Montana, and my, and my numbers may be a little off, um, or, or Wyoming. And it's like, bro, you got like 500,000 people spread across 90,000 square miles. Like, I, I, you know, they, they have very few cases, you know, um, you know, when you look at the rest of the country comparatively. And it's like, you know. Let the governors decide what's best for the states. But then you have, on the other hand, you have governors. And I, and I tell you, at first, I was very impressed with Andrew Cuomo in New York. Um, I thought he did a fantastic job. But, you know, a daily press conference, he was very personable. He related to the average everyday person like us. Um, and I thought, you know, he was very common sense and everything Right up into the point where he said that he was going to use the New York National Guard to confiscate private property, right? And so people are like, and see, so here's where, here's where, here, here's where our countrymen fail us, right? And they're like, but it's for the better of the good. It's for the, you know, it's for the betterment of, you know, the 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 majority. And it's like that's not how this shit works, right? There's a reason we have the electoral college. There's a reason why we have that. So the 51% does not, you know, impose tyranny over the 49, right? The governor just can't use the National Guard to go confiscate private equipment just because he thinks he fucking needs it, right? That's not how this works. There's a thing called due process, if I remember correctly. And people are like, no, he should be able to go fucking take 
make it right now. And people are like, well, my, you know, my neighbor has 15 N95 masks. They don't need it. They don't need 15 masks. I'm going to call the police. Right. And then you have the, you know, the local government down in Cumming, Georgia, they're going to deputize 150 citizens to go around and fucking report on and give citations to people who aren't quote, you know, socially distancing correctly. I think I remember another regime doing the same thing. They had these little brown shirts and they had this crazy Hindu signal, you know, symbol on their sleeve. Like what the, like, what are we doing? Like, honestly, like what the fuck are we doing? And Roger, you spoke to it at the beginning and on the last podcast. It's like the next time this happened and it's going to happen again, right? We're going to get a second wave of COVID-19 this year. Right. We're just not like there's not an end date on this, too. Right. So there's nobody knows like, hey, April 30th, you know, whatever day, May 1st, we're going to be able to all come out of our fucking houses and everything's going to be fine again. No, like this shit's still going to be there. It's going to flare up again. It's going to mutate into something else. And oh, by the way, guess what? Come this fall, late fall, this shit's going to happen again. Right. It is absolutely going to happen again. Why? Because what happens every year? Fucking coronavirus has happened every fucking year. And for the people who don't understand that, guess what? The coronavirus is nothing more than an umbrella for a large family of flu-related viruses. And I know a bunch of people are probably going to lose their shit over that. It's not the flu. <laughs> I get that, right? But what are we doing? Like, we are literally telling the government it's okay for you to overstep your bounds and basically remove rights – because, quote unquote, well, it's for the greater good. I don't know about y'all, man, but I will take I will absolutely take if I had to choose between anarchy, complete 100 percent anarchy. Right. We're talking about like, you know, dude, we are talking about Book of Eli, the road, walking dead with type anarchy over a fucking communist state over. Dude, I'll take anarchy every day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. I will. It's only because you know how to shoot. That's only because you know how to shoot well. <laughs> yeah, and look at look Man. at what's happening in Louisiana with the uh, the church pastor down there. He's been arrested, uh, you know, for you know holding his his church service. And I think it's twice now. And then you've got up in Brooklyn uh, where the cops broke up a funeral. Said, "Hey, there's more than ten people." And I tell you, it's funny. You know, you were talking about the Nazis, and actually, first thing that came to mind was like North Korea because that's what they're doing now. You're like, hey, report on your parents, right? And, and this is outside of coronavirus, just, you know, their general government, you know, how they operate. You know, it's like they're having their kids report on the parents and the husbands reporting on the wives and the wives reporting on the husbands and everybody reports on their neighbors and, and, and all that stuff. So it is definitely a road uh, that I don't want to travel down. Um, the bigger question is, does anybody know or does anybody think that Joe Biden – is like still running for president. I mean, does he know he's still running for president? Like, what is it? Oh, I, man. I don't know. Instagram page. And, and I'm going to bring somebody in here in a minute. But if you haven't been to our Instagram page, I got a, a snippet up there. I think it's a, um, you know, it's like a 15 or 20 second snippet from uh, last week's uh, press conference that he held. Uh, you know, he did it in his house or whatever, about, you know, the coronavirus and all that good stuff. So I don't think I heard like two coherent words come out of that dude's mouth. Like I have no, like what you just read. Like I have yeah. no clue. What as like, does he even know? I mean, one, does he know he's running for president, not Senate anymore? Right. He knows that maybe, <laughs> but, uh, with that being said, Hey, we got a, we got a first time caller here. So we got a good friend. Um, and, and I wish you guys and gals could see what I see because I'm looking at a, uh, well, it's very clear that Maryland has a stay at home order and 
barber shops are, are non-essential um, because he, he does look slightly homeless. But uh, he's Take got a screenshot. We'll post it to the page. Yeah, Take a screenshot. Good call. So uh, I want to I introduce our friend Mo Frappy here in his brown overalls and uh, his van cap. Uh, so say hi to, to all of our listeners, all you know, both of them, Mo. And what's your take on all this stuff, man? So you know, you're you're a, a pretty down to earth guy. You're sitting in your garage. I see your weights and your welder and all that good stuff. So what, what's your take on all this? Uh, one, you guys talk too damn much, and I've been listening to you for fucking thirty minutes. Um, and Josh, you need to stop drinking so much. Um, <laughs> First and foremost, like when when I view this whole the whole situation, I look at it like this. Sometimes bad shit's gonna happen and you're gonna have to take precautions. And staying at home, hey, that was the precaution that somebody wanted to take. And I didn't disagree with that. Like I thought that was a good idea, at least for a two week period. Um I'm what it what it brings to my brings to attention to me is that not of a lot of not a lot of Americans are able to just stay home for two weeks because they're not financially set, right? And I sit and go, hey, I I didn't come up poor, but I came up humble. And coming up humble, it was like you still need to have enough money in the bank to sustain six months, right? That's that's just a, a way of life. When I look at the pandemonium that's going on people trying to get supplies and stuff like that. It, it sort of freaks me out a little bit. And it doesn't help that the media is kind of, and I, I just, let's just call it the media because all outlets, every one of them is like, hey, this is a super huge issue and everybody's going to die because that's what it makes you feel like. And this is not the first time that the United States has ever faced a pandemic. Like It's happened several times. Um when I look at it, the, my wife and I sat down and said, hey, what's the best course of action that we can do to, to one, take care of the family and let's, let's take the weeks off, you know, let's get our money straight. Let's buy a separate freezer, have some extra food, you know, have a little, have a little shit, a little shit set up, set aside for that. But I've, I've been out and I, I go out once in a while. I don't go out crazy. But the first day I went out, I was like, you know what? I need to take my pistol and I'm, I'm kind of scared what's going on because I ain't been out there for a little bit. So I have my pistol on me and I'm, I go out and I go get some supplies. And the first person I run to is like, hey, how's it going, man? And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm still in the same place that, that I live in and everybody's still chill. And I think that's the disconnect is the way the media is presenting things and the way that what's really going on. Like people aren't going crazy. They're just getting prepared. They're just taking care of their their stuff at their house. Um one of the things that that we decided to do as a family was like, you know, this is an opportunity to spend some family time. Like, let's let's sit down and and get closer as a family. And when we did that, because we don't have that luxury all the time, I, I was constantly gone before, and now I have a job that enables me to sit down and you know be at home once in a while. Uh, <laughs> one, I hadn't cuddled with my daughter in like seven months and now she's all like i love my dad and that's the way it always should have been but that's because i'm taking the time we're not going out and doing stupid stuff we're not going out to eat i can't i've eaten so much like home-cooked food i it's making me lose weight which is kind of funny because like not really but what were you what were you feeding your kids earlier you told us what you were feeding your kids it's the most ridiculous thing i think i've ever heard tell us what it was uh oh you talking about what i was cooking yeah 
so basically, uh, I cooked some. Uh, we had some 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 New York strip steaks that I sliced in pieces, and I I put uh, Golby sauce, Korean Golby sauce, on mine. Oh, but for them, oh. we just do salt and pepper. They don't eat that. I beef. thought it was. I thought you said Kobe, and I was like, "You're feeding your kids Kobe beef." I was like, "Dude, you're, <laughs> no, 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 no. you're, you're obviously <laughs> making like, too much money." I got my I had got this friend. A long time ago, that it was like, hey, I got these fucking Jackson burgers. Let me put this sauce on them, and that shit's pretty good. So we, yeah, that's that's basically what we we're doing. Um, Best damn burger you ever ate, though, huh? It was it's a good fucking burger. You could take the onions out, though. That shit was nasty. Um, but you know, back to the, the piece of hand is like that's what we, you know, we we took a day last Saturday or this this last Saturday, and we're like, let's camp out and see what it's like to be back with nature. And so we can't go anywhere, so we did it in our backyard. We're fortunate enough to where we live, we can have a little bit of a little bit of acreage. But, you know, you know, I bought a BB gun for my son. And that's people are like, well, you're in the city. Why would you buy a BB gun? Well, we have we have some vegetation and some forestry kind of like where it is. And I started showing how to shoot a BB gun. And I was like, because this is things that you do in a normal society. Like when I grew up, my dad bought me a 410 when I was eight years old and we, I learned how to shoot a gun, and that's kind of not where I can go where I'm at What's now. But you're actually being a parent. Yeah, I'm being a, I'm being a better parent. So we go out and we shoot. Turns out that little fucker can shoot like nobody's business. Like he's hitting. I bought these. So it's funny is I bought those steel. You know, we shot steel plates before. Well, I bought BB gun steel plates, so it gives you a, a ding once it hits. And he's he's dead eye dicking the shit out of it. And so I'm like. All the things that my, I guess my family doing coming up, who made me who I am, I kind of didn't do. Well, that's what Corona and this situation has done is given me a lot of time to set back and feel, uh, I guess, get closer with my kids and my wife, which is good and bad because my wife is pretty close to killing me now because I've been home for so long. Like it's <laughs> to the point, it's getting to the point where like, she you know, she's teleworking and I'm taking care of the kids during the day, which is something that I wasn't used to before. And I'm not, you guys know better than anybody. I'm, I'm not the best teacher when it comes to like grammar and uh, mathematics, <laughs> but I'm doing my best and we're having fun doing it. You know, uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, personally as, as a, you know, how we look at it as a family, we're still doing all the same things. We're just not going out and doing everything else. That, that we used to do and waste time on. Um, some of the, some of my personal thoughts on it is one, and you call me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but there's an uncanny amount of like stuff being purchased online right now. And uh, when you look at like, you look at like who has the money in the United States or globally, like Amazon is making a killing off of this pandemic that is just there that that's that's part of what the process is um when we look at it we're buying because we had problems buying food from like giant because it was like a two weeks turnaround you know we wanted to get shit sent to uh, uh stuff sent to us and so we did some amazon fresh and whatnot and then other things are out there but like you know there's surcharges for that but they're this is not doing nothing but benefiting some of those personal not all um, I'm, I'm sure that that somewhere that there's a, the meager guy that's not getting paid, but somebody's making money off of the actual the process of it. 
And so what we tried to do was go like, let's just use a realistic mentality. You know, when my family went to go buy groceries when I was a kid, we bought for a month at a time. Why do you think, why do you guys think we bought for a month at a time? Because you lived in the boonies? Oh, we're a military family. Ah, there you go. I'm sorry, on float check day. Yep, we, we only got paid once a month back in, in the 80s and 70s and whatnot. So we bought monthly once a month. And then so you sit down and you do a list for a month, once a month. And what that kind of helped me sort of realize is like people don't really know how to take care of themselves anymore. And it's super weird, but it's like you don't know how to buy groceries for a month at a time. You only really know how to buy groceries for like a week at a time. And then you're like, that's why every one of us that grew up had a separate refrigerator or freezer inside the garage because your parents yeah. bought shit a month at a time. Right? Dude, that's a you that's a uniquely American thing, Mo, that right. I've seen, at least in my world travels, is that over here in Europe, these people shop daily. They I mean the refrigerators here are tiny. Yeah, the food actually, you know, for, for, for better, for worse, you know, you buy a loaf of bread here or, or cheese, you know, just some, some cheese slices. You buy some cheese slices, those sit in the, fri- the refrigerator for three days and they're moldy. The bread is moldy after three, after two days. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a uniquely American thing. And, you know, that's, that's a whole other topic on how Europe could definitely come crashing down before the U.S. But at least we have that going for us. At least, you know, there's that. It's actually funny yeah. to see some of the, the hoarding that goes on and people's you know, inclination to hoard whatever they can get. Because you know, I'm, I hear at the uh, local fries, and it's funny. So you walk in, and uh, you know, I'm like, ah, I don't need toilet paper, but if I see one, I'll pick it up because you know, I don't want to run out. I go, and of course, there's no toilet paper. I'm like, all right, well, you know, let me go back here and get a gallon of milk or whatever. Same thing. So then there's no gallon of milk. And then go to the next aisle. There's no eggs. So now it's like people walk in. They're like, okay, I got to get something. So oh, there's no toilet paper. Let me go to the milk. So they go to the milk. Shit, there's no milk. Let me get some eggs. And oh, man, there's no eggs. So then for whatever reason in my town, it became charcoal. So after the eggs were gone, it was like <laughs> eating charcoal. So I'm not charcoal potatoes. So now I watch this guy, like several folks, you know, they've got like 15 bags of charcoal and like 80 pounds of potatoes. I'm like, so what exactly are you doing here? You know, it's just like, I, I came to Fry's, I came to get something, I, I couldn't find it, and, and I'm buying whatever I can, but I'm buying a shit ton of it. So, yeah. And I guarantee you, those potatoes will still be in their pantries a month from now, growing sprouts. Get guaranteed. What are you so doing with four gallons of milk, man? So that's funny you should say that. So the first thing I did was like, look, we're not used to having this much food, but we're going to need this much food. So me and the wife got on a, a rotation It was like, we need to check the food for when it expires and how, you know, because it isn't, it isn't an emergency when you, when you find out the foods you have to order ahead of time. It's like, Hey, I need to prepare ahead of time. And so we started, I was like, we rarely ever checked like when eggs expired, when ham expired, when shit expired. And I was like, right. Spam. So I was like, Hey, get a big black magic marker and write that shit on the outside so it's like upfront and personal. Like I can see it and I don't have to look for it. And it's like, oh, we need to rotate it to the front front of the refrigerator. And I got you know, and I'm, you know, I'm a I'm I'm a God fearing man, but I hope we don't ever run into that type of situation. But it ain't because we're not fucking prepared. Like we're gonna take she was in the army, I was in the army. We're gonna take the the we're gonna do the due diligence on making sure we at least have 
foodstuffs and shit. So it's the, she actually asked me to ask you, Roger. She's like, how many bags of rice does Roger have? He's got to have at least 12 of them. Oh, <laughs> snap. <laughs> so with that being said, I do have two big-ass bags of it, and yeah. I will tell you that. Well, Is everybody <laughs> So one, F all you guys and you fucking, oh man, why you eat ramen? This now, I tell you what, there ain't a bag of ramen to be found in the entire state of Arizona right now. Okay, So I have so, a case of ramen. Know, like, everybody else is running to fries, I went to my Korean store, got a couple <laughs> bags, yes. all the ramen in the world, right? Because Whitey stays out of the Asian market. So, you know, I had my pick in, grabbed my shit and, and brought it home. So yes, I have about 40 or 50 pounds of rice, give or take. Thanks for asking. Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Uh, we definitely appreciate some of your insight. And, and I think, you know, I think I speak for the group here. Uh, you know, we'll have these uh, moments with Mo. Uh, maybe we'll do this like once a week or every other couple episodes. We'll bring you in. Uh, get some of your, uh, your, your takes on, on what's happening. Maybe expand it, you know, talk a little bit about some of the other projects you've got going on and go from there. Thanks for coming on. Love to see you again. It was great. But uh, let me turn it back over to Josh, and maybe we can get some uh, some final thoughts on, on this episode. All right. So Josh is talking to himself. <laughs> so now we'll go ahead and throw it back to Luke. And Luke, why don't you uh, give us some final thoughts before we close this bad boy down? Hey, you know what? We had a pretty seamless first episode that we didn't have to edit too much at all. I think it was <laughs> – Josh is going nuts. <laughs> So, you know, you guys are just out there in listener land. You're just going to have to put up with some of this nonsense uh, that we that we all do. So appreciate y'all's patience. But closing thoughts, I mean, I don't know. We talked about a lot this one. I mean, there's just a lot going on. You know, uh, Josh and I talked about control the other day. You know, people, I think that uh, one of the reasons everyone's freaking out is because no one, no one feels a real sense of control. And the goalposts are really being moved on how people – can exert control over their own lives. Like the face mask thing, like Josh said, you know, they told us two weeks ago, don't wear a face mask unless you're sick, you know, because it's not going to do you any good. Okay. So, okay. Now I have a measure of control. I don't have to wear the face mask, but I'll put a hand sanitizer on. Now this week they changed it. It's like, shit, all that time. So you just lost a measure of control. So people are overreacting. I think most right to carry his pistol around, you know, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. But, you know, it's, there's just a lot going on. I think, you know, the, the focus of this was just just kind of talk about it, get it out there. And we'd like to hear other people's thoughts. You know, what do you think? You know, what are you experiencing? What do you see where you are? I'd love to see all the different states where people are listening and even localities. I'd we'd like to hear those stories. Uh, what does it look like where you are? What does it look like with you going back to work? Uh, so on and so forth. We'd really like to hear about that. And I'll echo what Josh said at the, at the beginning before I turn it back to him of uh hey you know if you if there's any way we can we can help you guys out with a small business small veteran owned business uh let us know i mean we can plug it on this show for the you know i think we joke about it but i think 70 people listen to the whole thing or something like that that's that's a lot so so who knows you know we'll we'll do what we can we'll plug it on our social media just let us know what we can do to help and um that's pretty much all i have to say for now but i will plug this real quick what do you guys think next episode about like doing something on conspiracy theories like some crazy shit because people are sending me stuff on that. <laughs> yeah, man, I do. I, I, I love a good conspiracy theory. I'm not, not a black helicopter guy at all. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe if we can get a, uh, if we can get a good one, if we can get a really good one, uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll, this is definitely something to, uh, to mull over and, uh, and talk about. Uh, um, yeah. So, so apologize for that. Uh, 
the, that pause there, I, I didn't realize I had my mic on mute still uh, as I'm talking. So, you know, yeah, to, to wrap it up, we would love to hear from you. You know, what, what's going on where you're at? What, you know, what are your stories short on? Or, you know, you talk, people talk about, you know, what do you, what's the plan for, you know, getting, uh, getting back to, to life after COVID-19, you know, you know, what, what are some of the struggles you're having? Uh, if you're having any, you know, and so, because like Luke said, there's really no measure of control right now. Right now, nobody knows, seems to know what's going on. Um, it's just kind of chaos. You know, nobody has a plan for turning the economy back on. Now we're, you know, we're looking at over three million without a job. Um, they're they're expecting that to to bump up to you know close to ten by the time the next job reports comes out, and that and, and that's insane. You know, when you think about it, you go back to the Great Depression and you look, and it was you know it was twenty for 25% unemployment. Um, and they're talking about, you know, uh, one, one person, uh, w- was predicting 30% unemployment at, at the end of this. And so, you know, we, we definitely don't want to drive the, the chaos, but you know, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't seem to, to be that anybody's looking at this. Um, so barring any closing comments from, uh, from Roger and Luke, this will do us for this episode. Again, Again, get out, uh, check us out on uh, on social media. Um, take a look, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Culper's Canteen Cup. Um, it's drop by uh, drop by Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud. We'll be on a couple others as we you know work on getting published. Uh, do us a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Even if you think, hey man, you guys suck, you're terrible. Do us a favor, go ahead and uh, and drop that and uh, and let us know. And uh, I'm going to turn it back over to uh, to Luke real quick for some uh, for some final thoughts. One alibi, one alibi. Since no one else did it, I'm going to do it this episode. Uh, I, I want to try to plug a veteran or a veteran-owned business in every every single one. And uh, what Josh, you're acting like you forget you didn't forget anything. But I, I want to plug my buddy. Uh, I referred to him earlier in the episode. Uh, uh, he's an Air Force veteran. He's a pretty successful uh, music artist down in uh, San Antonio. His name's Carlton Zeus, like Carlton, like from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and then Zeus, like the god of thunder or whatever he was, the god, king of the gods, whatever he was. So uh, check him out. He's on, he's on iTunes. He's got some really good music. He's very unique. Uh, he's got a lot of energy when he performs. So go check him out. And uh, that's my plug. And I'll let Josh close it out or Roger, whoever. Uh, one final thing, uh, Mark Lindell. Man, if you haven't checked out his story, maybe we get into it a little bit later but uh, with future episodes. But, you know, he's he's the guy who started My Pillow. He used to be a crackhead, started My Pillow, you know, multimillionaire uh, and legit about the crackhead thing. And I tell you what, it should be uh, – it should be very upsetting at the flack he is taking because, you know, he obviously gave a speech at the White House and talking about how he's going to make 50,000 masks or 500,000 masks or whatever. You know, it's a U.S.-based company. They produce everything right there in Minnesota. And, he, you know, a, a private citizen who is taking his own company to start producing this stuff, right, so that he's, he's going to stop making whatever he was making uh, as far as the pillows and sheets or whatever, or at least take a large part of his resources and start making masks. Uh, you know, for, for the folks of this country. And he's catching a lot of flack because uh, he basically said, hey, man, you know, you need some religion in your life and, uh, and a little bit of prayer. And, uh, you know, the, the focus is not on what he's doing for this country. It's over the fact that, oh, he, he, you know, he brought God into it, you know. So definitely take a look at his story. Maybe we can talk a little bit about it uh, later. But, you know, as, as both of them, uh, Josh and Luke mentioned, hey, thanks to all the listeners. And uh, Josh, kick it back to you. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody. Take care, and we will see you on the next episode. Stay safe.